Biodiversity and Conservation If an alien from a distant galaxy were to visit a planet Earth, the first thing that would amaze and baffle him would most probably be the enormous diversity of life that would he would encounter. Even for humans, the rich diversity of living organisms with which they share this planet never ceases to astonish and fascinate us. The common man would find it hard to believe that there are more than 20,000 species of ants, 3 lakh species of beetles, 28,000 species of fishes, and nearly 20,000 species of orchids. Ecologists and evolutionary biologists have been trying to understand the significance of such biodiversity by asking important questions. Biodiversity Biodiversity In our biosphere, immense diversity exists not only at the species level but at all levels of biological organization ranging from macromolecules within cells to biomes. Biodiversity is a term popularized by the sociobiologist Edward Wilson to describe the combined diversity at all the levels of biological organization. The most important of them are genetic diversity. A species might show high diversity at the genetic level over its distributional range. The genetic variation shown by the medicinal plant Revolfia momitoria growing in different Himalayan regions might be in terms of the potency and concentration of the active chemical recipient that the plant produces. India has more than 50,000 genetically different strains of rice and 1,000 varieties of mango. Species diversity. The diversity at the species level. For example, the Western Ghats have a greater amphibian species diversity than the Eastern Ghats. Ecological diversity. At the ecosystem level, India for instance, with its deserts, rains, forests, mangroves, coral reefs, wetlands, estuaries and alpine meadows have a greater ecological system diversity than a Scandinavian country like Norway. It has taken millions of years of evolution to accumulate this rich diversity in nature, but we could lose all the wet wealth in less than two centuries if the present rate of species losses continue. Biodiversity and its conservation are now vital environmental issues of international concern as more and more people around the world began to realize the critical importance of biodiversity for our survival and well-being on this planet. How many species are there on Earth and how many in India? Since there are published records of all the species discovered and named, we know how many species in all have been recorded so far. But it is not easy to answer the question of how many species there are on Earth. According to the International Union for Conservation of Nature and Natural Resources, IUCN 2004, the total number of plants and animal species described so far is slightly more than 1.5 million, but we have no clear idea of how many species are yet to be discovered and described. Estimates vary widely and many of them are only educated guesses. For many taxonomic groups, species inventories are more complete in temperate than in tropical countries, considering that overwhelmingly life large proportion of species waiting to be discovered are in the tropics, biologists make a statistical comparison of the temperate tropical species richness of an exhaustively studied group of insects and extrapolate this ratio to other group of animals and plants to come up with a gross estimate of total number of species on earth. 
Some extreme estimates range from 20 to 50 million, but a more conservative and scientifically sound estimate made by Robert May places the global species diversity at about 7 million. Let us look at some interesting aspects that Earth's biodiversity based on the currently available species inventories. More than 70% of all the species recorded are animals while plants including algae, fungi, bryophytes, gymnosperms and angiosperms comprise no more than 20% of the total. Among animals, insects are the most species-rich taxonomic group, making up to 70% of the total. That means out of every 10 animals on this planet, 7 are insects. Again, how do we explain this enormous diversification of insects? The number of fungi species in the world is more than the combined total of the species of fishes, amphibians, reptiles and mammals. It should be noted that these estimates do not give any figures for prokaryotes. Biologists are not sure about how many prokaryotic species there might be. The problem is that conventional taxonomic methods are not suitable for identifying microbial species, and many species are simply not culturable under laboratory conditions. If we accept biochemical or molecular criteria for delineating species for this group, then their diversity alone might run into millions. Although India has only 2.4% of the world's land area, it shares that the global species diversity is an impressive 8.1%. That is what makes a country one of the 12 mega diversity countries of the world. Nearly 45,000 species of plants and twice as many of animals have been recorded from India. How many living species are actually awaiting to be discovered and named? If we accept May's global estimate, only 22% of the total species have been recorded so far. Applying this proportion to India's diversity figures, we estimate there are probably more than 1 lakh plant species and more than 3 lakh animal species yet to be discovered and described. Would we ever be able to complete the inventory of the biological wealth of a country? Consider the immense trained manpower and the time required to complete the job. Situation appears more hopeless when we realize that a large fraction of these species faces the threat of becoming extinct even before we discover them. Nature's biological library is burning even before we catalog the titles of all the books stocked there. Patterns of biodiversity, latitudinal gradients, diversity of plants and animals is not uniform throughout the world but shows a rather uneven distribution. For many groups of animals or plants, there are interesting patterns in diversity, the most well-known being the latitudinal gradient in diversity. In general, species diversity decreases as we move away from equator towards the pole. With every few exceptions, tropical range of 23.5 degree north to 23.5 degree south harbor more species than temperate or polar areas. Colombia, located near the equator, has nearly 1,400 species of birds, while New York at 41 degree Newton has 105 species and Greenland at 71 degree north, only 56 species. India, with much of its land area in the tropical latitudes, has more than 1,200 species of birds. A forest in a tropical region like Equator has up to 10 times as many species of vascular plants as forests of equal area in a temperate region like the Midwest of the USA. The largely tropical Amazonian rainforest in South America has the greatest biodiversity on Earth. 
is home to more than 40,000 species of plants, 3,000 of fishes, 1,300 of birds, 427 of mammals, 427 of amphibians, 378 of reptiles, and more than 1,25,000 invertebrates. Scientists estimate that in these rainforests, there might be at least 2 million insect species waiting to be discovered and named. Ecologists and evolutionary biologists have proposed various hypotheses. Some important ones are speciation is generally a function of time. Unlike temperate regions subjected to frequent glaciation in the past, tropical latitudes have remained relatively undisturbed for millions of years and thus had a law of evolutionary time for species diversification. Tropical environment, unlike temperate ones, are less seasonal, relatively more constant and predictable. Such constant environments promote niche specialization and lead to a greater species diversity. There is more solar energy available in the tropics which contributes to higher productivity. This in turn might contribute indirectly to greater diversity. Species area relationships. During his pioneering and extensive exploration in the wilderness of South American jungles, the great German naturalist and geographer Alexander von Humboldt observed that within a region species, richness increased with increasing explored area, but only up to a limit. In fact, the relation between species richness and area for a wide variety of taxa turns out to be a rectangular hyperbola. On a logarithmic scale, the relation is a straight line described by equation log s is equal to log c plus z log a, where s species richness, a is equal to area, z is equal to slope of the line or regression coefficient, c is y-intercept. Ecologists have discovered that the value of Z lies in the range of 0.1 to 0.2, regardless of the taxonomic group or the region. But if you analyze the species area relationship among very large areas like the entire continents, you'll find that the slope of the line to be much steeper. For example, for frugivorous birds and mammals in tropical forests of different continents, the slope is found to be 1.15. The importance of species diversity to the ecosystem. Does the number of species in a community really matter to the functioning of the ecosystem? This is a question for which ecologists have not been able to give a definitive answer. For many decades, ecologists believe that communities with more species generally tend to be more stable than those with less species. What exactly is stability for biological community? A stable community should not show too much variation in productivity from year to year. It must be either resistant or resilient to occasion disturbances and it must be also resistant to invasions by alien species. We don't know how these attributes are linked to the species richness in a community, but David Tillman's long-term ecosystem experiments using outdoor plots provide some tentative answers. Tillman found that plots with more species showed less year-to-year variation in total biomass. He also showed that in this next experiment, increased diversity contributed to higher productivity. Although we may not understand completely how species richness contribute to the well-being of an ecosystem, we know enough to realize that rich biodiversity is not only essential for ecosystem health, but imperative for the very survival of the human race on this planet. At a time we are losing species at an alarming pace, one might ask, does this really matter to us if a species really become extinct? Loss of biodiversity. While it is doubtful if any species are being added, 
into the Earth's treasury of species, there is no doubt about their continuing losses. The biological wealth of our planet has been declining rapidly and the cues and finger is clearly pointing to human activities. The colonization of tropical Pacific islands by humans is said to have led to the extinction of more than 2,000 species of native birds. The IUCN Red List 2004 documents the extinction of 784 species including 338 vertebrates and 359 invertebrates and 87 plants in the last 500 years. Some examples of recent extinctions include the dodo, Mauritius, Quagga, Africa, Thylacine from Australia, Stellarsea cow from Russia, and three subspecies, Bali, Jawan, and Caspian of Tiger. The last 20 years alone have witnessed the disappearance of 27 species. Careful analysis or records shows that extinction across taxa are not random. Some groups like amphibians appear to be vulnerable to extinction. Adding to Grimm's scenario of extinction is the fact that more than 15,500 species worldwide are facing the threat of extinction. Presently, 12% of all bird species, 23% of all mammal species, 32% of all amphibian species, and 31% of all gymnosperm species in the world face the threat of extinction. From a study of the history of life on Earth through fossil records, we learn that large-scale loss of species like the one we are currently witnessing have been also happened earlier, even before humans appear on the scene. During the long period since the origin and diversification of life on Earth, there were five episodes of mass extension of species. How is the sixth extension presently in progress different from the previous episodes? The difference is in the ratios. The current species extension rates are estimated to be 100 to 1000 times faster than in the pre-human times and our activities are responsible for the faster rates. Ecologists warn that if the present trend continues, nearly half of all the species on Earth might be wiped out within the next 100 years. In general, loss of biodiversity is a region may lead to decline in plant production, lower resistance to environmental perturbations such as drought and increased variability in certain ecosystem processes such as plant productivity, water use and pest and disease cycles. Causes of biodiversity The every portrait is a subject used to describe them. There are four major causes. Habitat loss and fragmentation. This is the most important cause driving animals and plants to extinction. The most dramatic examples of habitat loss come from tropical rainforests. Once covering more than 40% of the Earth's land surface, these rainforests now cover no more than 6%. They have been destroyed fast. By the time you finish reading this chapter, 1000 more hectares of rainforest would have been lost. The Amazon rainforest it is the huge that it is called the lungs of the planet harboring probably millions of species has been cut and cleared for cultivating soya beans or for conversion of grasslands for raising beef cattle. Besides total loss and degradation of many habitats by fulfilled pollution also threatens the survival of many species. Over exploitation, humans have always depended on nature for food and shelter, but when need turns to greed, it leads to over exploitation of natural resources. Many species extension in the last 500 years, tellers, sea cow, passenger pigeon, 
were due to overexploitation by humans. Presently, many marine fish populations around the world are overharvested, endangering the continued existence of some commercially important species. Alien species invasions. When alien species are introduced unintentionally or deliberately for whatever purpose, some of them turn invasive and cause decline or extinction of indigenous species. The Nile perch introduced into Lake Victoria in East Africa led eventually to the extinction of an ecologically unique assemblage of more than 200 species of chichlet fish in the lake. You must be familiar with the environmental damage caused in threat posts. The are native species by invasive weed like carrot grass, parthenium, lantana, and water hyacinth. The Recent illogical introduction of African catfish, Clarius garipinus, for aquaculture purposes is posing threat to indigenous catfishes on our river. Co-extinctions. When a species becomes extinct, the plant and the animal associated with it as an obligatory way also become extinct. When a host fish species becomes extinct, its unique assemblage of parasites also makes the same fate. Another example is the case of co-evolved plant pollinator mutualism where extension of one invariably leads to the extension of the others. Biodiversity conservation. Why should we conserve biodiversity? The narrowly utilitarian arguments for conserving biodiversity are obvious. Human desires countless direct economic benefits from nature, food, firewood, fiber, construction material, industrial products uh, of medicinal importance. More than 25% of the drugs currently sold in the market worldwide are derived from plants and 25,000 of species plants contribute to traditional medicine used by native people around the world. Nobody knows how many more medicinally useful plants there are in tropical rainforests waiting to be explored while increasingly resource put into bio, bio prospecting, exploring molecular genetic and species diversity for products of economic importance, nations endowed with rich biodiversity can expect to reap enormous benefits. The broadly utilitarian or utilitarian argument says that biodiversity plays a major role in many ecosystem services that nature provides. The fast-winding Amazon forest is estimated to produce throughout photosynthesis 20% of the total oxygen in Earth's atmosphere. Can we put an economic value on this service by nature? Pollination, without which plants cannot give as fruit is another service ecosystem provides to pollinator layers. There are other intangible benefits that we derive from nature. The aesthetic pleasures uh, of walking through thick woods, watching spring flowers and flower bloom or waking up to bulbul song in the morning. Can we put a price tag on them? The ethical argument for conserving biodiversity relates to the what we can owe to millions of plant, animal and microbe species with whom we share this planet. Philosophically or spiritually, we need to realize that every species has an intrinsic value, even if it may not be part of current economic value to us. We have a moral duty to care for their well-being and pass on our biological legacy in good order to future generations. How do we conserve biodiversity? When we conserve and protect the whole ecosystem, its biodiversity at all levels is protected. We save the entire forest to save the tiger. This approach is called in-situ conservation. However, when there is a situation where an animal or plant is endangered or threatened, a very high risk of extinction in the wild in the near future and needs urgent measures to save it from extinction, 
XC2 conservation is a desirable approach. In situ conservation, faced with the conflict between development and conservation, many nations find it unrealistic and economically not feasible to conserve all their biological wealth. Invariably, the number of species waiting to be saved from extinction far exceeds the conservation resources available. On a global basis, this problem has been addressed by eminent conservationists. They identified for maximum protection certain biodiversity hotspot regions with very high levels of species richness and high degree of endemism. That is, species confined to that region are not found anywhere else. Initially, 25 biodiversity hotspots were identified by subsequently 9 more have been added to the list, bringing the total number of biodiversity hotspots in the world to 34. These hotspots are also regions of accelerated habitat loss. Three of these hotspots, Western Ghats and Sri Lanka, Indo-Burma and Himalaya cover over countries exceptionally high biodiversity regions. Although all biodiversity hotspots put together cover less than 2% of the Earth's land area, the number of species they collectively harbor is extremely high and strict protection of these hotspots could reduce the ongoing mass extinction by almost 30%. In India, ecologically unique and biodiversity-rich regions are legally protected as biosphere reserves, national parks and sanctuaries. India now has 14 biosphere reserves, 19 national parks and 448 wildlife sanctuaries. India has also a history of religious and cultural traditions that emphasize protection of nature. In many cultures, Tracts of forest were set aside and all the trees wildlife within the were venerated and given total protection. Such sacred groves are found in the Kasi and Jaintia hills of Meghalaya, Aravali hills of Rajasthan, Western Ghar region of Madhya Pradesh and Meghalaya. The sacred groves are the last refuge for a large number of rare and threatened plants. XC2 Conservation In this approach, threatened animals and plants are taken out from their natural habitat and placed in a special setting where they can be protected and given special care. Zoological parks, botanical gardens and wildlife safari parks serve this purpose. There are many animals that have become extinct in the wild because continue to be maintained in zoological parks. In recent years, exidu conservation has advanced beyond keeping threatened species in enclosures. Now, gametes of threatened species can be preserved in viable and fertile condition for long periods using crypto-preservation techniques. Eggs can be fertilized in vitro and plants can be propagated using tissue culture methods. Seeds of different genetic strains of commercially important plants can be kept for long periods in seed banks. Biodiversity knows no political boundaries and its conservation is therefore a collective responsibility to all nations. The Historic Convention on Biological Diversity, the Earth Summit, held in Rio de Janeiro in 1992, called upon all nations to take appropriate measures for conservation of biodiversity and sustainable development held in 2002 in Johannesburg, South Africa. 190 countries pledged their commitment to achieve by 2010, significant reduction in the current rate of biodiversity loss at global, regional and local level.